Hey, good evening. Welcome into the latest edition of the Coach Bill Tierney Show on ESPN Denver 1600 from your hometown Toyota store studios and presented by Johnson Financial Group, partnering with families to bring simplicity and peace of mind as they help you achieve your financial goals. We are talking Denver Pioneers lacrosse as we head into another week of this 2022 season. Tyler Mon, joined by the head coach of the Pioneers, Bill Tierney, as uh, it is a miserable day weather-wise uh, today, thankfully by this weekend, uh, when the Pioneers get set to host uh, Yale it'll be back into the 60s coach good to see you how are you i'm good tyler thanks it is uh another week where you get set for another tough non-conference opponent and uh you've got a few more of those on the schedule as far as the uh the non-conference schedule winding down yale ohio state and towson uh we're going to talk a lot about what's coming up against the bulldogs on sunday um but we're also going to talk about you know kind of just the the first few weeks of this season now that you're into this gauntlet of non-conference play which is something that your program does year after year you go on the road you take on a uh ranked north carolina team another top 10 matchup in which uh your guys really equip themselves well turn into a shootout that ends as a 17-16 North Carolina win uh, in which they get a goal late win the final face off and are kind of able to play keep away uh, to ice that victory uh, take us through your thoughts coming out of the North Carolina game you had a, a good bounce back win over Canisius the previous Sunday um, and to go on the road at North Carolina and score 16 obviously is a positive but to, to not get the win uh, is the drawback to that tell us uh, your thoughts coming out of the Chapel Hill matchup yeah, it was uh, it was obviously a tough result, Tyler. We, uh, you know, after the Jacksonville loss, uh, yeah, you know, as you mentioned, we had that that thankfully good uh, second half experience against Canisius that got us kind of back to believing that we still knew which end of the stick to use. But uh, you know, last week in preparation for North Carolina, we stressed one thing with the team the whole week, and that was to play tougher. And I, and I thought we accomplished that. I thought we played tougher, uh, turned into be a couple of maybe extra penalties, but uh, we played tougher. And uh, um, it was, interestingly enough, almost identical game to the, to the Duke game where it was close at halftime, a little closer this time than Duke, but uh, it's very similar. And then they came out in the third quarter and jumped on us. The difference was that in the Duke game, <clears throat> I really thought that we uh, stopped playing. You know, I don't like to use the word quit, uh, you know, for our guys because they work so hard, but we, we didn't, we didn't respond to that, to that early start that Duke had a few weeks ago this week. We did. We were down 12 to six, same exact score. And all of a sudden you could feel the momentum change, uh, you know, started by Alex Stathagus winning a lot of faceoffs in that third period. And, um, you know, I just, as, as we started to score and, and Matt Brown and Eric Adamson and the players did a great job with the ball. And, uh, you know, we, we got on a roll and you, you kind of felt that momentum happening. And, uh, you know, when we got it to 13, 11, I thought, you know, maybe we got a shot at this thing. And certainly we did. We go ahead 16-14 uh, with 17 minutes left. And uh, unfortunately for us, things things changed at that point. All of a sudden, the, uh, um, the, the, the third team on the field decided that the wrong team was winning. And, and I hate to complain about that, but that's just the way it was. And, and, uh, um, and ends up with a, you know, with Carolina who has a sniper in Chris Brown, who's just, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Chris Gray, wrong color, sorry. Um, he, uh, you know, who just can shoot the ball a million miles an hour and picks corners and he got a couple, you know? And so uh, point being is that if you, 
if you just take athletics and you just look at the scoreboard, uh, you know, you're going to be miserable for a long, long time. But uh, as my dad used to say when I was eight years old in Little League Baseball and lost my first game and I came home in tears, he said, look, don't, don't play sports if you don't realize there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser at the end of each game. And so um, we all want to win. But I did think for the first time this year, um, more so, way more so than Duke, way more so than Jacksonville, I thought our kids responded. And so at the end of the game, we have to send kind of a, a, a mixed message of, yes, we, we, we don't go on a field and be happy about a loss. That's not our style. But we also have to understand that if we continue to play that tough, if we continue to play together like we did, um, and then stop making silly clearing mistakes, stop having penalties that, that were worthless anyway. Um, you know, we come out on top of that and we're feeling like we're headed toward the moon. So uh, it's kind of a mixed message, a great game. If you're watching from the outside, uh, I think Carolina is a good lacrosse team. And uh, hopefully, hopefully that can uh, launch us even more than the Canisius win, launch us off to playing consi more consistently and trying to get a couple of wins in the rest of this uh, non-conference schedule. But you guys are in a spot that, uh, you know, is not entirely familiar, especially to guys who've been on this roster for a little while at three and three um, going into your seventh game of the season. That's one side of it. The flip side of it is your three losses have been to three ranked teams and three really, really good teams. Um, when you find yourself in a circumstance where you are going against another ranked team coming into town against Yale, um, but you know, you've got them on your, your home field and you learned a lot of good things uh, last week at Carolina. What are the conversations like this week of, first off, I mean, I know, I think you guys are always very good at communicating to your team. Nobody's going to feel sorry for Denver. Uh, you're a program that's built something very, very good over the last decade. Plus now um, you have been among the, the heavy hitters in the sport. Um, but by the same token, there is a standard that I know these guys want to live up to. How do you manage the emotions of, um, you know, trying to not let, I don't want to say panic, but some sort of discouragement settle into the fact that you've had some really tough losses so far. Yeah, I, th I think one of the, uh, the, the great things about having a great culture or, you know, a program that that's, has high expectations is that you want to live up to those expectations and each and every player and each and every coach works hard to do that. Uh, that's the good news. The bad news is the exact same thing. And so is sometimes you, you end up taking, uh, looking at a bigger picture than you need to look. We, we, need to, we need to concentrate on Yale and Yale only. We can't control, you know, we can't control the voters in polls that don't look at what you said of, on the teams that lost and look at some of these teams that have, you know, five and one, six and zero oh, that have played nobodies. But, you know, it, it's, it, it's, you know, it's on, in our own power to, um, especially in this, uh, in this non-conference, you know, next three weeks, um, it's in our power to, to get ourselves back and not worry about what other things. And, and that's why we've got to, instead of, uh, you know, instead of taking this, this drone type view on the world of lacrosse, we, we have to be a little more myopic and, and look at our team, our game on Sunday against a great pro against another great team. 
We're going to talk about that Yale matchup coming up here in a little bit, uh, which of course we will have for you on ESPN Denver 1600 coming up on Sunday morning with a 1030 final pregame and an 11 o'clock face off. Um, but coach for uh, so many years now, we've talked about how you kind of got the four corners, uh, four quarters of the season with your non-conference play, conference play, conference tournament, and then the NCAA tournament. Um, this year, you're really going through some wars in this non-conference slate and uh it sets you up and we're obviously still a few weeks away from the start of conference play, but the lessons that you can take from these things into the gauntlet, that is the big East. What do you think is going to best serve your team by the time you get to uh, the conference opener coming up here in a few weeks uh, when you guys will take on your conference opener is maybe the best team in the conference in Georgetown. What do you think is going to be the best thing that your squad has learned from now uh, until April 2nd against uh, the Hoyas? So we're going to have to continue to learn. I think we're on our way of learning who we are. Um, you know, we've been banged up. We lost DJ Mercurio two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, Adam Hanlon was hurt the whole game the other day. People didn't know that Jack Hanna had a bad back the first three or four games. And and so we're starting to, to, to figure out who we are. There have been some change in the lineup. Uh, Mikey Lampert has been a, you know, a rising uh, star in this thing, you know, coming off the, the, the scout team and, and having three goals in two games and being really energetic and exciting. And uh, staff has been very consistent and better than, better than most. Uh, so, so all these things mixed in, we've got to get more consistent defensive play. We've got to get more consistent goalie play. Um, we've got to, we got to, uh, interestingly enough, and you mentioned it earlier, we scored 16 goals, but we had at least four opportunities more, more to, to that were not just, oh, if we took a good shot, it would have gone in. No, I'm talking about layups that, that we didn't can. Um, and so um, we've got to just continue to work on that, take advantage of the situations that are handed to us in games, be tougher on ground balls, and we're, and we're working toward these goals. It's Coach Bill Tierney show on ESPN Denver 1600 from the hometown Toyota store studios. we got a lot more to discuss with another ranked opponent coming into town this weekend. The Yale Bulldogs will be at Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium as the Pioneers welcome in uh, the 14th ranked squad in the country. Denver number 20 going into this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about that Yale matchup coming up after the break. It's Coach Bill Tierney show presented by Johnson Financial Group. And we will step aside for a timeout. Bring it on back next on ESPN Denver 1600. Planning your financial future can be overwhelming and confusing. So let the experts at Johnson Financial Group help guide you to your financial goals. The team at Johnson Financial Group believes in increasing transparency, lowering fees, and striving to achieve better outcomes so you can have a peace of mind when it comes to all of your investing needs. Contact Johnson Financial Group at jfgwealth.net to get started on planning your future. Dear Winter, almost nothing stands in the way of a new 2022 Toyota. When you say stay home, the Camry all-wheel drive comes out to play. The Corolla's tech is red hot. Snowy hills don't stand a chance against the RAV4's available all-wheel drive with multi-terrain select. And everyone gets comfy in the Highlander with its available heated front seats. See you in the snow. Toyota. Find yours at Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Your Front Range Toyota store is proud to be the exclusive automotive partner of your DU Pioneers. 
Rolling along on ESPN Denver 1600, the Coach Bill Tierney Show from your hometown Toyota store studios. Brought to you by Johnson Financial Group, partnering with families to bring simplicity and peace of mind as they help you achieve your financial goals. Tyler Mon and the head coach of the Pioneers, Bill Tierney, Denver Lacrosse, back home this weekend to take on the Yale Bulldogs, a rare Ivy League matchup at Barton Stadium. 11 o'clock faceoff coming up on Sunday and a 10:30 Pioneer pregame on ESPN Denver 1600. Um, before we dive into talking about Yale coach, I want to ask you about a, uh, a PLL release that came out uh, earlier today. The Premier Lacrosse League will be playing week nine at Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium coming up August 5th and 6th. The whole host of former pioneers who now call that league home um, this is a, a cool setup. Obviously, the PLL travels the country uh, from coast to coast over the course of June, uh, July and August. And then on into September when they have the playoffs uh, on the East Coast in Boston, Washington, D.C. and Philly to have them here in denver they're actually going to hit the the road to salt lake city the week after this is a cool moment it's a cool feature on the the lacrosse landscape to have um it'd be one thing if they were coming to town and going to play at mile high but it's really cool they're coming to play at barton tell us uh, your reaction to that news which was formally announced today look it's uh, the the pll is 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 the goal of of college lacrosse players is to make it to the pros it's still you know um it's still the the that the thing that every college player wants to be. And, and so having them here in, De- in Denver and, uh, you know, I'm close to those guys, my, uh, my nephew who's the head coach at Hofstra is actually the on field director of, of that, of that group. And, and the quality is out of the world. You know, it's uh, one great player after another, after another, after another. And as you mentioned, there's some, some great pioneers playing in that league as well. And we're, we're proud of that. And so, um, you know, it's uh, it's a little different for them to take a to to come into a smaller venue like this. But I think, as we know, you know, Peter Barton Stadium, in 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 our minds, and I think a lot of people's minds, presents the best um, atmosphere for a lacrosse game that you can have. And so, if we can get those three thousand people uh, to come on in August, uh, and um, watch any one or two or three or four of these games uh they're going to come away really impressed and then we're excited that uh Stu Halsall and 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 Trevor Taft and 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 his group have have worked with the PLL to make this make this happen so we're excited to host them and and we'll see what happens all right, Coach, let's talk about this Yale matchup you've got coming in this weekend. Uh, you will take on a Bulldogs team that's only played three games uh, so far to start the season. They had a handful of scrimmages uh, February, uh, the early couple of weeks of February, but they got a win over Villanova, a conference opponent of yours, a win over UMass in overtime, and they took a loss at Penn State. Um, but obviously a very talented team, a program that has celebrated national championships in recent years. Uh, tell us what the Bulldogs present coming into town uh, for your first meeting with them uh, at Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium and another really difficult non-conference matchup that you get well it's a it's a unique one as you mentioned and and we don't get many ivy league teams to play us and and uh so andy shea their coach and i go way back he's a great coach and a good friend and uh as you know they uh they lent us a few players last year and and so uh, uh other than the rivalry on sunday and the game on sunday this is uh this is two two groups that really respect uh, each other. Um, Yale as a team, um, you got to remember the Ivy League really hasn't played in two years, so you don't really know what you're going to get. I know they've got a couple of young men on their team that we recruited heavily, heavily and uh, 
in fact, four or five of them. And, um, and so it's, it's going to be a tough contest. They're so well coached. They're so tough and they, um, and they, they're just going to come at you. They, they don't mess around with, uh, with anything fancy in lacrosse. They play their style, they play hard and uh, they're going to come at you. Um, and hopefully we're going to come at them as well. When you look at an opponent who, like you said, has not had a normal season since 2019, um, Andy Shea obviously has been there for a long time. He was hired back in 2004 um, and uh, a guy who led his team to a national championship in 2018. They went to the national title game in 2019. But you don't have film to evaluate this program the way you would, uh, you know, in any normal season. How much of a challenge does that present? Uh, and I would imagine it's more figuring out personnel than it is figuring out coaching or playing style. But what kind of challenge does that present for you guys as a staff? It, it does. You know, it's uh, we, we do have film on all three of their games as they have all six of ours. And at some point or another, you can study, study, study. But it, it comes at, down to what happens on the field. Um, you know, we knew Carolina really well. We knew Jacksonville very, very well. You know, we knew Duke extremely well. But what happens on the field is sometimes a little different than what what your dreams are. And so, you know, they've got uh, they got some real guys that that are really have. And you mentioned uh, a couple of them have been in national championship games, and and so we haven't. And so um, that's going to bring a bit of confidence to their side and uh you know the travel's different but you know with the you know i've been in the ivy league and i can tell you that a uh three and a half hour plane ride is a heck of a lot more comfortable than a ride up or down route 95 on a friday afternoon you know and so um that that'll be fine for them and uh so we're just excited about the opportunity i know uh you know jackson morrow lucas kotler and T.D. Irwin are, are looking at this one with a smile and uh, um, and and we're thankful that that they were part of our program as well. All right, coach, for you guys going into this game, um, you come off uh, an outing in which you score 16. Uh, you've had some really good spurts, I feel like, for every uh, facet of your team. Getting them all together and making them consistent is the, the stage of any great team uh, that you're trying to reach. What are the biggest points of emphasis for you guys going into, you know, another game against a ranked team, another game at home in which you got a chance to, like you said, try to build on the momentum that you did create last week. What are the things you most want to see on Sunday from your guys? I want to see more cohesive defense, um, you know, not make the mistakes that the, you know, no other, no other way to put it. I'm trying to be a PC here, but stupid mistakes that we've made in over the last six games and hopefully diminish those and, uh, and, and just become more of a solid defensive team. That's going to come down to, of course, winning faceoffs, of course, good possessions, but also uh, great goaltending as well. So, you know, we're working hard on all this stuff. Um, I think offensively uh, what Matt and Eric Adamson do, and, you know, as long as the kids shoot well, you know, Jack Hanna's kind of back in the fold and, uh, playing very unselfishly and now shooting much better than he was when earlier in the season. And, uh, you know, when he had his bad back and so, you know, we feel like in some ways we're getting there, but with a great opponent like this, you just never know, you know, we, we need to have maybe even a couple of lucky bounces go away. From the standpoint of, um, you know, having guys who are able to, 
take that next step. Obviously, health is is a major thing early on in a season when you mentioned Jack's bad back and, um, you know, some of the other guys you've had banged up, Adam Hanglin, who's missed some time. Um, you do kind of get a really good step forward from Jack. He had a hat trick. J.J. Silstrap had a hat trick. Alex Simmons had a hat trick against North Carolina. Uh, one of the elements that I know we've discussed a lot over the last couple of years, and it's kind of baffling that we have to talk about it, is how many posts your guys hit. Uh, from from uh, crossbar shots or shots off the poles. And I know you guys have emphasized a lot as a staff, just have the confidence to let it rip, shoot at the middle of the goal, make somebody make a stop. Do you feel like that took the right step against North Carolina? I know the weekend against Jacksonville and Canisius, there were still a lot of poles and a lot of posts. Um, does is that feel like something that is kind of headed in the right direction now? It, you know, it's a double-edged sword, Tyler. You know, the uh, – the, mostly the Canadian guys, but, but also a lot of the good American shooters as well. You know, they play this game after practices and stuff. Let's see how many pipes we can hit, you know? And, and, you know, I keep telling them do that on Friday, but stop doing it on Saturday and Sunday, you know, but uh, you know, to be honest, uh, last game, North Carolina hit a lot of pipes as well. So, you know, it's one of those things, if you start telling them to just put it on goal, um, you end up hitting a goalie in the stomach a lot. And, and then they look at you and, you know, well, you told me to put it on goal. So it's a, it's a fine line. I, I think that, um, you know, we, we discussed this last week. If lacrosse, one of the baffling rules that any newcomer to lacrosse sees is the one where you, you fail at something, you miss a shot, but you get the ball back again. Um, <clears throat> you know, it'd be like uh, – well, if you missed your three-pointer, you automatically get the rebound. You know, it, it doesn't work like that in our game. Um, you get, you can get the ball back. So that leads to, I think, more kids taking chances on hitting corners, knowing that if they miss, there's a good chance they're going to get the ball back. So um, shooting's a fine line. I do think in that game we we shot probably the best, you know, because their goalie had, I think, 11 saves. We scored 16. It's 27 on, on goal out of 42, not bad. Like to see more like 32, 34 out of 42, but that, that was probably our best shooting day. And uh, we just need to continue to do that and be confident. The key thing is the confidence level. You know, it's not about where you aim or where you're trying to hit. It's more of, Hey, I got my shot. I'm taking it. Well, another big weekend coming up for the Pioneers Sunday against Yale at home at Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium, 11 o'clock faceoff, 1030 Pioneer pregame uh, right here on ESPN Denver 1600, then at Ohio State, then home against Towson, and then the Big East Conference season opens against Georgetown on April 2nd as uh, conference play coming right up. The head coach of the Pioneers, Bill Tierney, as Denver and Yale will get rolling this weekend. Coach, uh, we'll see you out there this week. Uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday before uh, we get rolling for that one, and best of luck the rest of the week getting set for Yale. Thanks, Tyler. Wrapping up this week's edition of the Coach Bill Tierney Show presented by Johnson Financial Group from the hometown Toyota Store Studios. We'll talk to you on Sunday for Denver and Yale.